Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. How many of you were here for our Christmas service? We had an awesome time at Christmas, man, just a full house. Like, kind of one of our biggest attended days we've ever had. And normally when we have a day like that, there's normally something wrong that happens. You know, most people, they have no idea about these things. They just come in and they kind of, you know, do church and then they leave. But usually behind the scenes, there's little glitches and things that happen on a Sunday morning that that isn't seen by the quote-unquote naked hot, but it's happening behind the scenes. And so uh, we decided that we were going to have a pancake bar at our at our. Christmas service last a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the Sunday before Christmas. And so, man, we had like all these um, griddles out and you know, all this extra stuff draw, drawing power from the breaker box. So I had, I'd actually checked out of the building and ran out of run home and, and do something for uh, one of my kiddos. And, and uh, we, when we got back, everybody's kind of a little bit alarmed and they're kind of freaking out. They're like, hey, there was a little bit of a problem, but we fixed it. And so I look over and there's this orange extension cord, like running up the wall and like tracing a door and kind of going, I'm like, oh yeah, that really looks bad. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight with that going on with all these people here. And so I'm kind of freaking out and they're like, well, they, they, they said the breaker just keeps tripping on us. It keeps tripping on us. We can't get it to work. It tripped and we tried to turn it back on and we couldn't get it turned back on. And so I'm like, oh man, that's okay. So I start freaking out because I'm like, are we going to have, we were leaving town like a couple of days after that. I'm like, how are we going to get an electrician in here to work on it? So man, I'm running around the building and we have a breaker right over here in this closet. So I go in there and I look at the breaker box and this is right after service that week and I'm switching it. And uh, switching the same switch, we got. I think we got a picture of that switch that I was switching. And uh, we were we were swipping, switching that switch, trying to get it working. This one right here. And I was like, I was like, is it working? I was like trying to hold it. Is it working? Is it working? I'm like, no, no, no. The microwave's not on. The microwave's not on. Is it working? Uh, man, I'm flipping that thing like 400 times. You know, harder. I start switching. You know how it works when you do something harder, it's supposed to work better. Didn't work. So man, I'm just I'm a mess. And so I'm everybody's clearing out of the building. There's like two people in there. And then I look and I see that there's another breaker, a single breaker that, that was off just a little bit. I think we got a picture of that one. So right up there, you can see it says no, cause it's upside down, but right there, you can see there's just a little gap right there. So I, I, I flipped that one and I turned it back on. They're like, microwave's on. I was like, okay. So I was like, I was super excited that we flipped the right switch to get the power to where it needed to go. And I think a lot of times in our life, we're flipping the wrong switch. We're thinking, you know what, if I can just flip this harder, or I can switch this back and forth, it might just be a dead switch that doesn't even have access to the power that you need. And so what we're doing during this series is we're talking about flipping the current switch. Now, I don't know if you know how a switch works or not, but uh, we have a little, an awesome drawing, and we have an, we had hired an artist to do a, a gift for us. And, uh, and so, we we if you know how power works is you have a power source now in the DFW area there's a company called Encore that provides power for everybody and then you have these pirates that come in like Reliant and these other guys and they have a switch somewhere and they control the power between you and Encore they're kind of a middleman it's real frustrating but anyway so what what they do is they turn the power on and they get it to you and then you have these breaker boxes like we have over here and the the breaker box provides the power for the whole building in your house it's the same way you have a breaker box. 
and it provides power to the whole building. You have these lines, these electrical lines that go throughout your house, and then we put outlets and we put switches that run to lights. And really what the switch does is a switch is an interrupter of the power. So the power is always flowing. But when you put a switch there, what it does is it breaks up the power, right, interrupts the power or engages the power. And that's what, a, that's what it looks like on a diagram or on a, on a blueprint. You have that switch on there because it shows that the power is being interrupted. So what we're doing in this series is we're talking about making the switch to help you function a little bit better in the power of God. Because God's stream is always flowing, but it's up to us to turn on the switch and say, engage the power of God in my life. How many of you need to make some switches? So we're talking about that greater connection. Now, the Bible uses a word for a certain kind of switch, and that word is called repentance. Everybody say repentance. Uh-oh, I, know, I see you guys getting all a little bit nervous. We use the word repentance. Everybody kind of, everybody's knuckles start turning wide. Everybody starts freaking out a little bit when we talk about pre- repentance because repentance is a theme throughout the entire Scripture, right? In fact, in the New Testament, kind of the first character that we see in the New Testament that takes the stage is a guy by the name of John the Baptist. And if you know the stories about John the Baptist, he was kind of a wild man. He lived on the outskirts of town, had a real strange diet. He had disciples. Man, he's he's kind of like a cult leader, we would call him that. And so John had a message. And his message was to prepare the way of the Lord. But what was coming out of his mouth was this, repent. It says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, repent. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert, saying, repent for the kingdom of of heaven is near. What was he doing? He was preparing the way for Jesus by declaring that people need to repent. Then we see Jesus preaching the same message. In one of the gospels, it says after John was arrested, Jesus came preaching. And then in Matthew chapter four, it's right after Jesus comes out of the desert. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days? And so Jesus comes out of the desert and it says this from that time on. So Jesus for his entire ministry preached repentance. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, for the kingdom of God is near. Then we see the disciples do what Jesus did, right? Check it out. Acts chapter three, verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So what is repentance? What are they preaching? What are they talking about? Why is it so critical for the kingdom of God for repentance to happen? Why were they preaching repentance? Now, when we use the word repentance, we, there's kind of a negative connotation that comes along with it, right? That's why your knuckles got what? That's why you got a little nervous, because you've seen a lot of misuse of people preaching repentance. Because repentance is usually preached by turn and burn, right? I think we have uh, this here. And so you guys have seen people with signs before, right? And they all say repent, right, from the, like the 70s to like modern times, you know. You repent. I don't need to repent, but you do. And so turn or burn, you know, this whole message of repentance. So we've seen kind of people using this word as an abuse. Now, do we need to turn from our sins? Absolutely. But it's not repentance. Repentance is not just about turning from your sins. It's turning towards God. And when you turn towards God, you turn from your sin. Some people, they just turn from their sins and they don't turn towards God. And that's not the point of repentance. The point of repentance is following God that I may apprehend the kingdom. 
It's at hand. It's within reach. So I want to reach out and grab it. Nor, listen, if you find yourself repenting of the same sin over and over again, I submit to you that you have not repented. Because repent means that we turn away from it. So you say, man, I've repented of the sin. I've repented of the sin. I've repented of the sin. No, no, no. You've confessed the sin. You confess the sin. You confess the sin. But you have not repented because repentance means, biblically speaking, means to turn from your sin and follow God. I was going this way. Now I'm going this way. And this way looks a lot different than that way. Are you tracking? So Normally, we're, we're, we're dealing with sin issues. We're talking about that. But really, repentance deals with something different. The, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, and that means to change your mind. Now, when you change your mind, your actions follow. Now, some people say, well, repentance simply means to change your mind. Just think differently and everything's di- No, 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 no. Repentance means changing your mind with actions that follow. Because if you do change your mind, your actions will follow. Correct? Correct? You act the way that you think. You act the way that you think. And so if you think of God as mean and angry and frustrated, guess what you're going to be? Mean and angry and frustrated. But if you think of God as joyful and loving and tender and patient, then you will also take on those, those characteristics because you have changed your thinking. Amen? And so repentance is really flipping a switch. Repentance is saying, I was thinking this way, now I'm thinking this way. Now, some of it doesn't happen like that, right? Sometimes it happens like, which one is it? Which one is it? Which one is it? Which breaker is it? Oh, there it is. Flipping the switch. Repentance is flipping the switch. But it's not just, again, beloved, listen, it's not just about stop sinning. It's start following. It's not just about stop sinning, it's about start following. Now, when you start following, that doesn't mean that you become sinless, but you do sin less. Right? So you will sin less by following. You're going to have struggles. There's going to be things. You will sin less, but you probably won't be sinless. But the message they were preaching was repent for the kingdom. Is near. What are we apprehending? The old translations say the kingdom is at hand. What does that mean? That means it's it's within reach. It's within grasp. The king's dominion, the kingdom, the kingdom of God, God's dominion on the earth. The rulership of God is within reach. How do I access the kingdom of God? I flip a switch. I repent. I think differently. Listen, if you want the power of God in your life, You've got to start thinking differently. When you think different, you'll behave different. Now, some of you need to behave different. But I'm telling you that your behavior is just a fruit of your thinking. All of heaven's resources. When we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about all that belongs to God. We're talking about all the peace that you need. We're talking about all the joy that you need. All the freedom that you need, all the strength that you need, all the power you need is within reach. It's in the kingdom. Change your thinking. You've got to make the switch. In November, I started asking the Lord, Lord, what do you have? You know, if I was a really good strategist, I would have been doing that last March or something. But in November, I was praying uh, because we like to 
do gifts and things for our volunteers every year on Christmas. And I was like, Lord, what is the word for 2019? What are you saying for 2019? What's going to happen in 2019? I need the word. Now, a lot of times when I seek the Lord for a word like that, usually, man, I'm like praying and I'm spending a couple of weeks. I'm like going after it. I'm fasting. You know, I'm doing, oh, I need to hear from you, God. I mean, y'all ever been that before. But so other times, the word of the Lord comes to us. It's like, Lord, and he's like, yep. Like the answer is there before we even have to ask. Have y'all ever had that before? Like God just spoke to you and you're like, okay. And it doesn't even come out of our seeking. But I just simply said, I said, Lord, what do you have for 2019? And the Lord's, the word of the Lord came to me. And he said, 2019 is the year of the green light. And man, when I, whenever he spoke that to me, I was like, I was like okay, that's, that's not really that cool. Or I, I kind of thought that a little bit. But as I pondered it, I was like, man, God, you are going to do some incredible, powerful things this year because people are going to start moving into their destiny. They're going to start moving into their destination because when we talk of the green light, we're, spark, we're talking of moving in to the next. We're talking about responding. Listen, responding to what God has said. Start obeying the scriptures. Come on. Start obeying the things that God has put in your heart to do on the earth. It's the year of the green light. Everybody say that. It's the year of the green light. It's the year of the green light. Listen, this is your green light year. And Genesis, when I think about the the green light, when I think about moving forward, when I think about advancement, I always have to think about Abraham. Y'all know Father Abraham? Have many sons? Father Abraham. Abraham, it says this in Genesis chapter 12. It says, the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. What's he saying? Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your familiarity. It's time for you to move along. Grow up, Abraham. It's time for you to move along, and you're going to go to the land I'm showing you. What does that say? He didn't say it's actually, he didn't say to the land I'm showing you. He says, you'll go to the land I will show you. Other words, Abraham didn't know where he was going. He just knew God was telling him to move. He knew that God was telling him to leave from the place he was in, to enter into the place where he's supposed to be, but he had to move. The only word he had was go. He didn't have go here. He just had go. And guess what Abraham did? He obeyed. Check it out. So verse 2, he says this. He says, go to the land, I will show you. Then he says, I will make you, and he gives him a promise, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. Now, that's not fame like you think about fame. And you will be a blessing. Oh, here's the big part. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all, I love this, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. How are they going to be blessed? Through him. The blessing of God is going to come through you. This is why we do offering declarations. It's not so we can get fat and have, you know, nice houses and cars and promotions. No, no, no. It's so that the blessing of God can be demonstrated through our lives. So that we can impact the world with the goodness of God through us. Not just, it's not just for you. Like God is feeding the world through you. You get to eat some of it, but he's feeding the world through you. And then it says this in verse 4, so Abraham departed. So Abraham departed as the Lord instructed him. Abraham obeyed. We talk about the faith of Abraham. You know why we talk about the faith of Abraham? Because Abraham was obedient. 
Because you can sit around and talk about how much faith you have and how much you believe in God and how much you trust God and how much the Bible. But if you don't have faith, if you don't have obedience, then your faith is void. Faith without works is dead. So what is the promise to Abraham? The promise of Abraham is dominion, new territory. I'll make you a great nation. How many know that the advancement we're making, the new territory that we're making, it isn't, it isn't Josh Brown's kingdom, you know? I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to go in and take dominion for Josh Brown. No, 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 I go and I take dominion for God. It's for God's kingdom, the king's dominion. It's his domain that we're advancing. Listen, some of you, God has put a dream in your heart to do something big for God. In fact, some of you have had things that are so big you would be embarrassed to tell others. Have you ever been a little bit embarrassed by the size of your dream? I would say that you have a God-sized dream. But you need to put feet to those prayers. Some of you have dreams. Some of you have dreams that are 10, 15 years old that have never been tapped into. I love how Jacob went in, and there were, there were some wells that when Jacob moved into the land, there were some wells that his fathers had dug, and the enemies had come in and covered up their wells with dirt. And you know what it says that he did? It says that he found where those wells were at, and he dug up the wells of his father. That he went and he dug up those wells, and they were able to produce again. Listen, God is awakening dreams, and he's repairing the dreamer. And this is your year. This is your year to start moving out and responding to the dream that God has put in your heart. It, it It might not be fulfilled this year, but it is time for you to respond to it. Old wells, old dreams, new dreams. The second is this. The second promise was the promise of reproduction. Descendants. And we talk about descendants. We're not just talking about physical descendants. I have four physical descendants. Hopefully they'll all have four and then I'll have a bunch. Right? But it's also talking about spiritual descendants. It's talking about reproduction. We had a word uh, given to us last year. It wasn't really like the word of the year or whatever, but we were in a prayer session here on a Saturday night. I want to say it was November of 2016. And uh, we were praying because we've, we've had a lot of infertility in our church. So we were just praying against that. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I was right back there. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, Overflow Church is going to be the house of the open womb. And I got up here, and we started praying, Lord, let Overflow Church be the house of the open womb. And you know, since that time, we've had about 10 newborns in our church. And you know what? Overflow Church will continue to be the house of the open womb. So if you want to shut up shop, you, you might want to <laughs> start attendance. No, don't go. Don't go. Just have more babies. But listen, some of you that have been struggling with infertility, I, I'm telling you, you don't lose hope. This is the house of the open womb. You are in a good, good place for that. But listen, not just, not just the womb of the natural, but the womb of the spirit. God is opening up the womb of the spirit. We will produce. You will produce. That is the great commission, right? Go and make disciples of all nations. What is that saying? It is reproduction. We're not just loving on people. We're reproducing God's mandate on the earth. So the promise is dominion. The promise is reproduction. The promise is blessing and increase. The whole world. See, some of you, you have a job that, that you're frustrated at. and You wish you could get promoted and you, your boss doesn't believe in you or you don't believe in your boss. Listen, I believe it's time that we just stop all this, all this pandering about, about unfair and things aren't right and we just start being a blessing. Listen if, you can, listen, if you can just start being a blessing where you're at, that will add a greater purpose than you ever imagined. You'll find more fulfillment out of flipping burgers at McDonald's than, any, than, than you would being, being a head honcho at a, at a 
big organization or company or some guy on Wall Street, why will you be fulfilled? Because it's really not about what you're doing with your hand. It's about doing what's in your heart. You're serving the kingdom of God, and God needs people at McDonald's too. Really? <laughs> he don't need very many people at Whataburger, but he does need people at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, he's already blessed that, pre-blessed, right? All right. But listen, God wants you to be a blessing where you're at. He wants you to serve where you're at. He wants you to represent King Jesus wherever you're at. You're there to represent Jesus first and foremost. Therefore, you do a great job. Therefore, you honor those that don't seem like they deserve any honor. Therefore, you love on those that have never been loved on. Therefore, you inc- Listen, there's people this year that won't come to Jesus if you, don't, if you don't start being a blessing where you're at. There's people this year that will be depressed that will continue in depression if you won't be at the joy of the Lord there at your workplace, at your school. There are people that won't get healed if you don't pray for them. You've got to move forward. I, I, I love Galatians chapter 3 because it would be easy to look at these promises of Abraham and say, oh, you know, those are for Abraham. Check it out. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26, for you are all God's children, all the children of God through Faith in Christ Jesus. So we're all God's children through faith, right? We're not God's children because we're alive and on the earth. No, no, no. We're, we learned that in the last series. We're children of God through faith in Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism. Oh, that's important. Come on. We're doing baptism next week. Plug, plug. You need to get baptized. If you haven't got baptized yet, you need to do that. It's part of following Jesus. Having put on the character of Christ, like putting on old clothes, on new clothes, old clothes. Some of you have been walking around with old clothes. You need to get rid of those old clothes. Listen, what happens is whenever we come to the Lord, it's like we clothe ourselves in the garment of Christ. Come on, we take on his righteousness. Then it says this in verse 28. It says, there's no longer a Jew or a Gentile, a slave or a free, a male or a female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. See, that's your identity. Your identity is in Christ Jesus. Who are you? What do I do? Well, first of all, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. I'm in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, and now you who belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. See, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus, and they're like, we're the children of Abraham. And he's like, no, you're the children of the devil. He said, let me tell you who the children are. Those children of Abraham are those that put their faith in me. You are his heirs, and God's promise, here it is, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The same promise that God gave Abraham, dominion, reproduction, blessing, that's yours. You can claim that promise because you are a child of Abraham. Because you've done everything right in your life? No. Because you come to overflow? No. Because you went to Bible college? No. Because you're in Christ. The light is green. The light is green. The light is green. Abraham departed. Abraham departed. He responded to the go. The light is green. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. How often? Always. For all of God's promises, including those promises of Abraham, have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. A resounding yes. A yes, that's what a resounding, you know what a resounding yes is? Yes, 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 yes. 
It's a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Our response is an amen to God's yes. When we say, okay, Lord, I'm going. He's like, all right, you get it. You just said amen to my sermon. My sermon, Jesus. But the transition can be tricky. Can it? Years ago in the 90s, uh, I visited a man in Colorado, Denver, Colorado. And uh, like many businessmen in Denver, Colorado, he, you know, ate a lot of granola. And, you know, he's kind of a yuppie guy. And he had like $5 water in his car. He was all into organic stuff. This is way before you even thought about any of that. He's a yuppie, right? And he had a sob. You ever heard of the sob? I don't really know much about him, but I know he had a sob. And he's like, hey, I got to go to work today, but if you like, you can borrow my car. I was like, awesome. He said, uh, it's a stick shift, though. It's manual transmission. He's like, have you ever drove one? And, of course, me being 23 years old and knowing everything, I said, oh, yeah. Of course I know how to drive a stick. I was thinking, I'll figure it out. So I get in this sob, this mid-'90s sob, and I find myself at a red light, uphill, in a foreign vehicle, (laughs) in a foreign land, with a manual transmission, and the light turned green, and there's traffic all around me, and I go, boom, boom, right, about 400 times, boom, there wasn't no YouTube video I could pull up. It was way before that. Couldn't call him up on my cell phone way before that. I'm stalling. I'm trying to move forward, but I can't go. Why? Because the, the transition for the transmission is complicated. People were yelling and cussing, bird flipping. It was humiliating. It was the worst 10 hours of my life. It's probably like 10 minutes, but sometimes I still feel like I'm in that moment, you know? It's like, I'm no, just kidding. No, no shame. No shame. Just the healing. Healing of the Lord. But finally, 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 finally one day, <laughs> after decades, no, finally after a few minutes, I was able to find that sweet spot, right? Come on, between easing off the clutch and easing on the gas, those of you that have driven a manual transmission before, finally I was able to figure it out, and I was able to move forward. And uh, haven't drove many manual transition, transmissions since that moment. I feel like that that's the way it is with most of us when we're at these points when it's time to go. Starting, and stopping, dying. Chaos is going around us, people yelling. Everybody telling us to move on, and we know that we need to move on, and we're trying. We're trying to switch gears, and that's really what we're going to talk about today as we, as we get into a little bit more meat here, and then we'll be done. But listen, we've got to make the switch to move from green to go. We've got to make the switch because the world is watching, and the world is waiting. I, I love uh, Romans eight nineteen. It says, for all creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. Listen, the world is waiting. The world is waiting for you to fulfill your destiny. It's time to switch gears. Listen, growing and going ain't always easy. 
Going and growing ain't always easy. But you've got to make the switch. Three switches. Number one, we've got to make the switch from hype to hope. We've got a lot of hype in the church. We've got a lot of yes in the church, amen in the church on a Sunday morning. But during the week, where is it at? Is it just hype or is it hope? Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, the hope we declare, for he who promised is faithful. Listen, beloved, the light ain't yellow. It's time to move forward with hope. See, we really believe the gospel. We really believe these promises are for us. We really believe the word of God. That's why we declare it. That's why we've been declaring it for six years. We really believe. We really trust this man named Jesus. We really live. We actually live like we talk about. We believe we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we live righteously. We're not just saying it. We're not just shouting it. We're not just quoting it. We actually have hope that what God said will happen. It's not hype. That, is a, that doesn't mean that every time it's time to declare the word of God that we, we have the feel like it. And this is, this is what the culture says, right? They say, well, if you, you, just need to, you just need to act how you're feeling. Oh, goodness. I tell you, just from Josh Brown, the world would be a very worse place if I always acted how I felt. Listen, it's not called, called being fake. It's called being faithful. Talking about not living according to hype, but living according to hope. We've got to make the switch. We don't live by hype. We live by hope, true hope. And those who hope in me, Isaiah 49, 23, will not be disappointed. Is he your hope today? Number two, we've got to make the switch from waiting on to trusting in. When we use this terminology, I'm waiting on God. Most of the time, God is waiting on us. Isaiah 40, 31, which is a kind of a pillar scripture for this thought of waiting on God. But those who hope in the Lord, this is a more accurate translation. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like wings, like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What's that, what's that talking about? It's talking about supernatural lifestyle. You don't ever get tired. You don't get wore out. You don't get old. You stay fresh. That's supernatural. How do you get there? You hope in the Lord. That word in the Greek is kaval. Kaval. And that word means to wait upon. Stand up, Jeremy. <laughs> I did this to him in the last service, but he's not very affectionate. Uh, kaval means this. It means to bind yourself together. Ooh, we keep on holding, baby. <laughs> All right, let me preach. It means that you unite yourself together, that you come together with one purpose. That's what it means to hope in the Lord. You say, my purposes are your purposes. It means I'm, I'm, not, I'm not waiting on, I'm waiting up on. I'm not waiting on, I'm trusting in. I'm fully invested and I'm not going anywhere. We're together. And when you have that, you have the supernatural lifestyle. The King James Version used the word wait on the Lord. It's not saying waiting on God, but trusting in God. See, because waiting drains, but waiting upon fills. Right? 
That's why you go to Chick-fil-A, because they're fast. You don't have to wait on them, because waiting's draining. Mm -hmm. Sorry, didn't mean to put that in you on a Sunday. Let's talk about timing for just a moment, because this is what we do, right? I'm just waiting on God. It's all in God's timing. Man, that sounds so spiritual. It's so easy to say that when I don't want to do anything. <laughs> Oftentimes, and this is it, right? It's the, tick of the, it's the trick of the tick. Timing. It's tricky. It's that clutch and that gas. It's, it's tricky. Oftentimes, timing has to do more with us than it does God. You're probably not waiting on God. He's probably waiting on you. In most cases, he's waiting on you. So don't call your delay God's timing. Don't call your distractions God's timing. Well, God, I'll do that, but right now I'm doing this. Distraction. Don't get so caught up in the affairs of this world, the opportunities of life. If I obey God, I'll miss out on this opportunity. Beloved, you missed the greatest opportunities. Don't call your distraction God's timing. See, oftentimes, the fulfillment of promise is due to our failure to participate. Oftentimes, the fulfillment of promise or promises are due to our failure to participate. Have you participated with God? I'm just waiting on God. Have you participated with God? Have you bound yourself together? When we hope, listen, when we are hoping in what God's fulfilling, we're understanding that God is working. God is at work. He is work. God is, God takes a Sabbath, we see from creation, but that's the only time we ever see that God's not like doing something. God is always at work. Number three, the, and of, the, of this part is trusting God's timing means he is working. And so am I. See, waiting on God is not idle. It's not sitting around twiddling your fingers, waiting for opportunity. No, no, no. Trusting God's timing means God is working, and so am I. See, Isaac, y'all know Isaac was the son of Abraham, the, the son in which this promise was going to be fulfilled. Isaac wasn't a virgin birth. But he was a promise. We only got one virgin birth. And it wasn't Isaac. So it required Abraham and Sarah to do some things. To have a baby. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Most of us are adults in here. It's okay. You should have had your kids in the kids ministry. This couple was working with God and working on one another. And they were tired because they did it for a long time. They were trusting God for a long time. See, our job is to, God's job is to fulfill. Our job is just to be faithful. God's good for his promise. He's, he, listen, he will deliver. There's no doubt about it. But will you? 
See, our job is just to be faithful. He'll be faithful. He'll, he'll fulfill. But will we be faithful enough to see it? Understand, understand this also about Tommy. God is a great master planner. I mean, literally, he is dealing with billions of people that have free wills. <laughs> and he is, like, orchestrating these things to work together. Right? Romans chapter 8 says that God is working all things together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. And that purpose primarily is to make you like Christ. So he's working all these moving parts in your life to make you more like Jesus. Love it. He's a master planner. But he is good for his promises. He can be trusted. He's good for it. You can trust God. It says this about Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, by faith, everybody say faith. By faith, Abraham, even though he is past age, talk about timing. He was old, dude. He had no sexual drive. And they didn't have medication back then to help him. He was old. Sarah was old. And she was barren before she was barren. And Sarah herself was barren, but was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. He considered him faithful who had made the promise. So trust him. He's worthy of your trust. So we go from hype to hope. We go from waiting on to trusting in. And we go, we make the switch from idle to accelerate. Some of you just need to get your rear in gear and push on the gas. When God speaks, we move. If you don't get anything else today, get this. When God speaks, we move. We move. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. When God speaks, we move. And God has spoken. And God has spoken. He's spoken his word that we have. And he's spoken the things that he's put in your heart to do. God has spoken. Have you responded? Proverbs chapter 30 verse 5 says that every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who come to him for protection. What is that saying? It's saying that, that God's word is worthy of our trust and what we need to do if we come to him, we will have protection. I believe that that scripture is saying this. Listen, we need to hide ourselves in God's word. We need to hide ourselves in what God has spoken. We know that what God said, his promises can be trusted. They will be fulfilled. Will I hide myself in that? Most of us, we hide ourselves in doubt. Oh, God, if you really... God, if, if you would say this, I would do this. If you would make her like me, I would do this. <laughs> it's funny. We think it's funny, but we sit and make these kind of deals with God all the time. Lord, if. No, no, no. You just hide yourself in what God has said and what God is saying. I would suggest this, that any time God speaks to us, it is time to respond right then immediately, unless he indicates otherwise. And I've had that happen before. God spoke to me. He said, not yet, but what I want you to do is this. 
you'll know when the time comes. Normally, he won't do that because he knows how. And normally, he won't tell you to do something later. Do it later because he knows how impatient we are. Right? It's, it's actually, it wouldn't be good of him to tell us that whenever we're not mature enough to handle it. So, he spoke it to you. Listen, God spoke it to you because you can handle it. That'll set you free. He spoke it to you because he built you for it. That's what you're here for. That's your purpose. That's your destiny. That's, that's why he put it in your heart. So start now. Do something. Get a plan together. Have a conversation. Move. Do something. Write it down. Write the vision. You know, Abraham and Sarah, just looking back at this story, I'm not trying to be crude, but listen, Sarah had, in her old age, had to woo Abraham. Abraham had to, like, do the dishes, if you know what I'm saying. Guys, you want to be appealing to your wife? Do the dishes. That's a little tip for marriage tip for you. They had to work together. They had to work on one another. They had to respond to what God had said. What if they're like, we're old now? God will just have to do it supernaturally. It will be supernatural, but it will also be with your involvement. It will be supernatural, but you are part of the equation because you are supernatural. You've got a new nature. See, you can't experience the gospel without go. You can't experience the gospel without go, and it is time to go. It is time to move forward because of Christ, by grace, and in faith. Everything that God calls you to do it will require faith. I remember when, we, when God called us to plant this church. I know I've shared this many times. When God called us to plant this church almost seven years ago when he told us, and I, was, I remember I was mowing the lawn. I was like, man, he wants us to plant. No My response, I didn't have a great big yes, amen. I had an okay. You're in planning church. Okay. Maybe something else will happen. <laughs> that won't happen. That's what I, I was hoping for, something different. I ain't, ain't going to lie to you. But you know what became the prayer of my life? For that season, that three or four months, is, Lord, I believe. But you got to help my unbelief. And the Lord told me that when I prayed that, he said, it was at that moment, Josh, that you stopped trusting your strength and you started trusting mine. That's when you really put faith in me. It's when you said, I can't do it. It's when you say you can't do it when God says I can. It's when you abandon all your control, all your natural abilities and strength. I can do it. I'm so da-da-da-da. Listen. Without faith, Hebrews 11, it is impossible to please him. You want to please God? You have to respond in faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. For he who comes to him must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God told Abraham this. We're finished. Listen. God told Abraham this. He said, I am your exceeding great reward.